Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Hey, Santa, you could win in APCO's Cash for Chrissy competition. That's right, APCO Joe. There's 1K to brighten your day. And 1K to give away to a mate for Christmas. APCO's Cash for Chrissy on now at APCO. <laughs> Uh, I was lucky enough to be given a copy of his book uh, for Christmas a couple of years back, The 50 Greatest Matches in Australian Cricket. He followed that up with The 50 Greatest Australian Cricketers. Uh, He's a a comedy writer. He used to actually write for Mad Magazine. If you're old enough to remember Mad Magazine, as I am, um, I loved that magazine. And uh, Dan Lipke was a a regular contributor to it. He has been for ABC Cricket, Cricket 365, The Raw, The Guardian, First Post, Greenfield Post, podcast can't bowl can't throw in the ridiculous ashes cricket podcast this is his fourth book the 50 great moments in australian test cricket he's been good enough to jump on uh, to give us some time uh, tonight uh, dan lipke hello to you mate hello how's it going uh very well now as i mentioned in the intro i've got the 50 greatest matches in Australian cricket. I don't have the 50 greatest Australian cricketers, but it just seemed like it was only natural that this was going to get written. Yeah, that, yeah, that's pretty much exactly what the uh, the publishers said to me. They said they wanted a third book and they suggested the, the greatest moment. And uh, there, there, was a, there was a risk of a little bit of overlap with the 50 greatest matches. So we've uh, we've tweaked it a little bit and just uh, gone with the 50 great moments and with no no countdown this time. Now, I love this idea. So for people would think automatically, well, gee, how do you count it down from 50 to 1? You haven't done this. You set this up with a different structure. Explain that to us. Yeah, so basically this time around, I thought, well, what, what, I, what I really want to do is explain why I love cricket so much, why it's such a great sport. So I broke it down into all these different facets of the game, seven different facets. And uh, I, each moment, I, I chose the moment partially because they were great moments uh, in cricket history, but also partially uh, so, so they could illustrate some of these facets of the game, uh, which, which intrigued me so much. Well, I love the format, and I've been reading through it today, and you automatically just re-immerse yourself, not, in the, not just in the game itself, but the memory lane of these moments. And, and, and what I love about what you've, how you've written it is, there's so much of the nuance that we that, that I think we've all forgotten about. Some of the the little pivotal moments. I do a segment on this show um, every week or most weeks now called "What If," and it's to do with footy moments. That what if they had gone a different way? There are so many of those yep. little what if moments in these crucial moments in Australian cricket, and we forget some of the things that that, that have that have had to have happened for those moments to have happened. Yeah, yeah. I mean, uh, that's kind of that's kind of the joy of the sport, isn't it? To, to wonder like all these different paths that, that, that each individual match can go down. And I mean, these great matches or great moments are, are great moments because they, you know, they, they turn the results of matches. The skills of cricket, uh, the laws of cricket, the tactics of cricket, the numbers of cricket, and uh, the comedy of cricket. Uh, all in there, and the evolution of cricket is the other one. They're brilliant pillars in which to build this book on uh, and assign these moments to, which would have been, I'd imagine, 
a, a fair job in and of itself? Because some can cross over. Yeah, but they, they definitely can. But that, that, that was kind of the fun of it. I, I, I had a, a great big list of possible moments that I was interested in in writing about. And then I, I also had these, you know, these, these pillars. And I was just like, well, what aspects do I want to cover? I want to cover the LBW law. That's one of the reasons cricket is so great. Uh, the, you know, the, the kind of obscurity and strangeness of the LBW law. So, yeah, I, I, was, I was really just mixing and matching. And uh, sometimes, sometimes it meant I had to, to strain a little bit to, to find a moment to match. But I, I got there in the end. Uh, you certainly did. So I thought, why don't we start with a moment that was is still probably one of the most talked about moments in cricket. And it's to do, and this is, comes under the laws of cricket section of the book and we'll explain why in just a moment but this was the moment and given that we are at a T20 World Cup let's start with a moment that's at a World Cup itself and we'll go back to 1999 the World Cup semi-final someone else has got to take over that role get themselves in that's out oh, he's, he's, he's dropped it I don't believe it that's unbelievable <laughs> he was throwing it up he thought he had it it was a little lollipop and the man who did so well with the bat has taken his eye off the ball, and the ball has just dribbled out of his fingers. He was about to throw it up. Well, this could change the course of this match, that's for sure. Bad <laughs> shot, too. Have another look at this. That was Tony Gregg at his finest, and just before he yep. says, have a look at this, the camera is on Steve War speaking to Herschel Gibbs, who <laughs> dropped the catch, and what did Steve War say to him? Well, Seymour allegedly said, Herschel, you've just dropped the World Cup. That is a moment, and it's a great place to start. And it also fits into what we were talking about earlier, Dan Lipke. Um, the book is The 50 Great Moments in Australian Cricket. The, this moment would not have happened unless another key moment happened in the lead-up to this game. Yeah, I mean, yeah, I mean basically... Uh, um it was Shane Warne who suggested that Herschel, Herschel Gibbs did have this tendency to, to celebrate, perhaps a little bit earlier than he should be when he took these catches. So Shane Warne had, had his eye on this and said, you know, if, if Herschel does his, you know, oh-so-cool toss away, uh, stand your ground a little bit, just see if he's actually caught it. That's phenomenal insight, isn't it? It's something that we sometimes forget about Shane Warne, probably not so much in recent years as we're hearing him every summer regularly in commentary now, but it's... People might not have, have ever realised until hearing him in commentary just how astute a cricket brain that he had, and how observant he was of his um, of the of the cricketers that he was not just playing with, but more so in competition with. Yeah, I mean, I mean, that, that's that's kind of wizard level stuff—the ability to <laughs> sort of see like a day into the future and say, "All right, Herschel's been doing this. Don't don't walk. He's, he's going to not, not probably catch." The um and of course the fallout from that was obviously pretty substantial. Yeah, well, I mean, uh, Steve War got got to stick around, and Australia would have been in massive trouble. I mean, they probably would have lost and crashed out of the World Cup at that that point if uh, Steve War had been dismissed. Uh, instead, he stuck around, made a uh, made a century, and Australia went on to win that match, and then of course uh, win the next match as well, so the semi the famous semi final of the nineteen ninety nine World Cup. So, Dan, with the with this coming under the category of this book, the laws of cricket, what did you discover about the laws in relation to this? 
Well, the thing I was interested in this one was uh, the, the way the way that the laws of cricket have to define what a catch is. So, the, like, there's yeah, it, the ball went into Herschel Gibbs' hands. That uh, just didn't stay there long enough. Uh, well, it did, he didn't have control of the further release of the ball, which is which is where the laws apply. And basically, I just explored some of these areas about what's a catch. You know, what can you catch the ball with? Uh, where, where you know. Uh, how long do you have to hold it for? All, all these kind of things, you know, all these dancing around the boundaries that they do these days. So, yeah, that, that was, this, one, this one was an excuse to explore that, that uh, aspect of the game. And where else did it lead you when you were looking at how long do you have to hold a catch? What are the rules around a catch? What are the, some of the rules around fielding? Because I've seen the words in the yeah. book, fake fielding. Yeah, well, it did, did lead me to uh, the, the, the first use of uh, fake fielding in the... Uh, well, the, the fake fielding law, of course, means that you can't... Uh, you can't pretend to uh, throw a ball that you don't have. And uh, the, the first uh, person who was pinged for that one was, of course, our good friend Marnus Labashain in, uh, in a domestic match in Australia. So, uh, yeah, so we, we, all, we also covered a little bit of the fake fielding area, the, the opposite of a, a drop cap. Uh, let's stick with those two men that were, well, two of the three men that were pivotal um, in that first moment. And the book... In case you're wondering, 50 Great Moments in Australian Cricket. Dan Lipke is the author of it. Um, Steve Waugh, pivotal in, in a few of these. Um, but let's turn to this moment, um, which I'm sure many, many people remember. Still one that's talked about at regular intervals. 2002-2003 Ashes Series uh, against England. Last ball, last day, SCG. Wow, one was the most sensational piece of individually constructed cricketing theatre that I've ever seen. Just a few moments ago, out here behind me, Steve Waugh smashed Richard Dawson through cover for four to go to 100. That's 29 Test Match 100. That equals Sir Donald Bradman. So this this is so interesting, this moment, because we remember it so fondly um, for, for what it was. The red rag came out from Steve Waugh. He'd been under a heap of pressure, Dan. I'm wondering whether through time we've we've considered it a more significant moment than it was maybe in the context of the actual game and series. It's a funny one, isn't it, where this moment actually sits? Yeah, well, uh, they, they did actually go on to lose that match, but uh, <laughs> nobody uh, nobody really remembers that. Uh, it, it doesn't really matter. I, I think I kind of think of that as kind of a meta level uh, sledge from from Steve War in that even the one game that England won on that uh, Ashes series, uh, nobody remembers because he, he got this century off the last four. The, um, and the, the fun, one of the, the interesting moments about this was, uh, and I love how you've referenced it in the book for the non-cricketing fan, how frustrating this would have been because Channel 9, uh, who had the cricket rights at the time, got a sense of the occasion and the situation. And how long did they push the news back for? Well, they, they originally said that they would hold it back until Steve Waugh got his century or was dismissed. And, of course, uh, Steve Waugh took as long as possible to get that century. He, he took uh, pretty much the remaining 40, 40 extra minutes after the, the scheduled 6 p.m. close to, to get the century. So uh, whoever was waiting for the news, uh, they had to wait wait a long time. And, and of course, Steve Waugh's century was the first item on the news. So they, uh, yeah, they, they had to wait even longer. Um 
he was 80, I think, at the time that uh, they were supposed to go to the scheduled news. Um, Adam Gilchrist was out there batting with him. Um, you, what are your memories? Because it, it was almost unashamedly so, wasn't it? Gilly was doing everything he could, everything he could to give Steve War the strike. Yeah, yeah. I mean, there, there is that great moment in, in the in the final over where, I mean, Steve Waugh started the final over. I think it was on 95 and he dotted out the first few balls and then he hit a three to go to 98. But that, of course, put him uh, you know, at the non-striker's end. Uh, with two balls remaining, so Gilchrist had to had to get the single to get him back on strike, and he he heroically did it to to the you know raucous cheers of the crowd to give Steve all the chance to to live that great moment. Um, and I think I said fifth day before. Obviously, meant to say second day, fifth test. Um, the so with this moment because it's so often one where you, you people you you'd often stop if you heard someone say oh, I was there that day. Um, when you were researching this moment, what are the couple? Of, what are the, a couple of the other things that stood out to you in regards to it and what was going on around it? Uh, well, one of the things is, uh, one of the things that uh, perhaps stuck out to me was that the, I, I do always find it a little bit odd that such a big deal is made about centuries. So I, I kind of did attack this one from from the angle of if, if this wasn't a century, if you know, if we weren't born with ten fingers on each hand. Uh, and which meant that 100 was a you know a, a round number. Uh, you know what would it look like? So if, if we had you know if we had eight fingers on each hand, then 64 would be the equivalent of the century. So I started delving into those kind of things as well. So I, I, I just kind of like looking at it from a different angle. Where, whether this would have been as momentous an occasion if it wasn't if it wasn't for the fact that it was 100 that he was so desperate to get. And, and you know he, he was risking uh, risking his wicket. At the end, there, it's taking you know suicidal second runs just to try and get this hundred on the last day when he could quite easily have just batted normally and you know um, seen got whatever he got got to ninety two or ninety three and and uh, seen out the end of the day. The other significant part of this too was what it was in terms of the record. And any time someone puts their name alongside Don Bradman, it, it carries extra weight, extra significance, and becomes even more special. Yeah, it does, and uh, I, I think uh, in my previous books, uh, I specifically limited uh, to the last 50 years, uh, especially like the 50, 50 greatest cricketers. I, I didn't want Bradman in there as a foregone conclusion for number one. Uh, so uh, th- this was kind of the first opportunity I got, I got to write about Bradman in, in this, this particular one, so that, that was interesting. In the, the numbers of cricket section I found, in particular, he tended to just uh, push his way into pretty much every section, no matter which way you look at the numbers. Bradman's pretty much always there. Dan, does it does it surprise you with this moment, yes or no, that it's actually a moment that has actually, for all of the the the, the you know for all that was going on around it, for how amazing it was to be on the last ball uh, of the second day, you know, to get that hundred. Steve were under pressure, hadn't had a good Ashes, had only I think had one only one or two scores over fifty if memory serves. It's actually a moment that he's come under fire for from some, and I think even Shane Warne, who called it pretty selfish of him to, to do what, what he was doing. Is that something that was popping up for you when you were doing the background on the book? I mean, you, I mean, you do always hear, hear you know, well, Shane Warren in particular continues to hold, hold a grudge for however long it's been since you stopped <laughs> that one time. Um, so that's uh, there. I, I don't really buy it. I, I think uh, the, the way cricket works is all the runs that Steve Waugh made actually also counter for Australia. So that's a, that's a neat effort.
Uh, Dan Lipke, our special guest on the Sporting Capital tonight, the book, The 50 Great Moments in Australian Cricket by Dan Lipke. Uh, we're going to go through a couple more of them on the other side of this. Uh, welcome back to the Sporting Capital. Sam Hargraves with you. one 736 736 the number. Our special guest, Dan Libke, who's written the book, 50 Great Moments in Australian Cricket. Uh, Joe in Roeville, great to hear from you again. What about in the 80s? Jeff Thompson, Alan Border, the last wicket partnership in the Test match against England and just fell short. A uh, great nomination. Keep those coming through. Let's get back to our chat uh, with Dan. Speaking of Warney, the only moment that is actually listed under two different categories in the book, in the skills of cricket and the comedy of cricket, um, is this moment. First ball in test cricket in England for Shane Warne. And he's done it. He started off with the most beautiful delivery. Gadding has absolutely no idea what has happened to it. He still doesn't know. He asked Kenny Palmer on the way out. Kenny Palmer just gave him a raised eyebrow and a little nod. And that's all it needed. Well, that has turned about two and a half feet. Gadding can't believe his eyes. What a start for Shane Warne. Mike Gadding bowled Warne for four. England, two for 80. We all know it. Shane Warne to Mike Gadding. It was his first ever ball in an Ashes series. The first delivery on the second day of the 1993 first test of that Ashes at Manchester. Shane Warne's first ever ball in Ashes cricket, and he does that to uh, Mike Gadding. Um, explain to us, Dan, why does it come under for you the skills of cricket and the comedy of cricket? Well, the skills of cricket, I, I think, is pretty obvious. Pretty I mean, self-explanatory, that one. To bowl leg spin, you know, to just even land the, the thing on the pitch, is, yeah, it's, it's well beyond my abilities. Uh it's obviously not beyond uh, the abilities of professional cricketers, but to, to do it the way Warren did, first ball in Ashes cricket, as you say, the, the, the swerve, the shape, the turn, and just clipping the clipping that uh, off bail. It's just uh, I mean, it's, you, you don't you don't get much better skill than that. I mean, it has rightfully been called the ball of the century, and uh, that that of course was the 20th century. And I, I did have a look in that section at. Uh, you know, some of the candidates that have been offered for the ball of the 21st century, there seems to be far more than the one that you'd expect uh, for balls of the 21st century. They're, they, they're, they're multiplying. Um, but, yeah, the, the Warren one was just absolutely brilliant. So that's, that's the skills of Warren. And uh, basically, Gatting's reaction seemed to me to, to sum up the comedy of cricket, just the, this complete dumbstruck look on his face, uh, having no, like, as uh, Richie Benno famously says, uh, having no idea what's happened. <laughs> Uh, this this ball has just completely beaten him. He, he like he doesn't know whether Healy's doing something you know nefarious behind the stumps. He, he has absolutely no idea. It's a, it's, a, it's a great comic moment. It is, and I think also too, given how much cricket Mike Gatting had played, uh, he was a veteran at that point. To, to see the look on the face, which said. I reckon I've seen just about everything in cricket. I've never seen this, and I've never seen that. Yep. And they were never expecting it from Warren. They knew that he'd had a good series against New Zealand before that, but they looked at his average. They were more concerned, the press, and, and you mentioned this in the book, they were much more interested in him for what he looked like. Yep. Yeah, the, the big uh, blonde surfer dude. Uh, but, yeah, I, 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 and I also mentioned in the book how 
uh, Alan Border kept him under wraps a little bit in some of the warm-up games. And Warren himself was getting a little bit frustrated with that. But uh, he was being smacked around a little bit by some of the, the county teams they were playing. But uh, uh, AB had a plan. He said, uh, uh, that's fine. We'll, we'll, we'll save you for when it really matters. And, uh, of course, a tribute to Warren's, Warren's skill that he was able to, to pull it out on that very first delivery. And I, and I love that in the book, too, you do go into some of the uh, the, the moments of commentary uh, in the book, which we've got time. We, we might touch on that at the end. Uh, I did enjoy that part. And I think, you know, uh, Holding, Willie, uh, fantastic that you brought <laughs> yep. that one up as well in the book. Um, I, I love, as I'm working through all the different segments, and as I say, there's there's a few to, to sink your teeth into. And um, we, we won't go into Warney's 99, not a, well, 99 uh, and court <laughs> against New Zealand. Um in the uh, when was that? That was in two thousand one, two thousand two. The third test, when he was uh, caught on ninety nine off a no ball. But um, the, the 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 comedy of cricket, I think, is 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 a is a really fun part of this book. Um, and this moment is a moment that, whenever it's brought up, you see cricket fans, cricket players, all and sundry, just smile and laugh and remember. He's playing that uh, hook shot. And pull shot brilliantly, Glenn McGrath. A 50 in uh, Test crickets looking on the cards now. I don't know why they're looking so surprised in the viewing room. He's getting better and better. Well, he's definitely going for it. And he's hit a big one. So two needed. And he's going to do it in style. Well, we've seen two magnificent centuries today, but folks, sit back in your seats, strap the belts on, because the biggest celebration is just two runs away. Well, he's done it, and he's done it in grand style with a boundary. Well done, Glenn McGrath. First ever half-century in Test cricket. So, you're laughing now, Dan Lipke, uh, the book 50 Great Moments in Australian Cricket. Dan, this this was just it was just something very um, endearing about this moment. I mean, Glenn McGrath had always been the the gruff, aggressive. You know, I'm going to target a player. I'm, I'm you know, he's just stern and fierce. And but when he came out to bat, it was a completely different Glenn McGrath that would often be at the crease. And can you remember seeing, apart from Jason Gillespie getting the double hundred, but can you remember seeing a batter? having more fun uh, in a test match than Glenn McGrath was that day in that moment. He was really enjoying himself, wasn't it? It was, it was absolutely uh, one, of, one of the hilarious moments. It's always funny when a tail ender is, uh, is succeeding because it just annoys the opposition so much. And when, when that tail ender is a, is a true tail ender, a true rabbit like Glenn McGrath, it must be absolutely infuriating for New Zealand on that day to, to, see, to see Glenn McGrath make a make a half century, and he, he, you're right, he enjoyed it, and, and he kind of had a right to. He'd, uh, he'd, he'd been there, uh, you know, as, as support for a couple of, in a couple of scenarios. I mean, he, he was there at the other end when uh, Michael Bevan hit that four off the last ball, famously in that ODI. So he, he was able to stick around, and then sometimes he, he failed, failed to do so, and was dismissed and very frustrated with himself. So. For it to finally come good for him, uh, yeah, that, that, that was an amusing and entertaining moment. Well, for a guy that averaged 7.36, I reckon it was, um, in 124 tests, this was something yep. to behold. Um, when you were digging into this one a little bit deeper, what were some of the things that jumped out to you about it? I, I, I just think uh, just 
just a general kind of uh, the, the, the frustration that New Zealand must have been feeling that the, the, you know Glenn McGrath and Jason Gillespie were putting on this ridiculous century partnership, <laughs> and, and I, I particular, particularly enjoyed uh, Ricky Ponting's uh, clear delight. They cut to Ricky Ponting at one point if you watch it back on uh, on YouTube or something, and he Ricky Ponting is a man who captained Australia to multiple World Cup wins and. You know, 16 test victories in a row. And I don't think I've ever seen him happier than when Glenn McGrath uh, uh, scored his 50. It, it 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 is as I said a moment that continues to put smiles on on people's faces. And and I and I just as I said I can't remember seeing two people almost taking the P1 double five out there. <laughs> I mean, they were reveling in this because as bowlers they know how angry they would have been at the other end. Yep. So I think that's what made it even more humorous uh, and hilarious to them. Oh, I mean, and no one would have been more angry than Glenn McGrath. If, if Glenn McGrath was bowling to Glenn McGrath batting doing this thing, Glenn McGrath, the bowler, would have been absolutely fuming. Like, no, no one got more angry with being tonked around the ground than Glenn McGrath, the bowler. So, yeah, it's uh, very funny stuff. Uh, given that we've got an Ashes summer ahead, I, I want to finish up with a moment. Uh, we're speaking to Dan Libke. 50 Great Moments in Australian Cricket is the book. Make sure you get yourself a copy. It's uh, He's divided up into several different sections. So it's not a countdown. It's the skill of cricket, the spirit of cricket, the laws of cricket, the numbers of cricket, uh, the comedy of cricket, and the evolution of cricket. Um, I'll let you tell us which moment this fits into. But if ever there was a moment that set the tone for a whole series an Ashes series at that, this was it. Perfect day in Brisbane. The first ball, the first test match. Whoa, wide delivery taken, it slipped by the skipper. The nerves are showing already. Well, when Mark Nichols asked me, was I nervous in the combox uh, just about 20 minutes ago, I said, not as nervous as the guy will be who's running up to bowl the first ball. And now it's the second. <laughs> He's going to be petrified now. They might need four slips to catch this. That can happen. I remember Graham McKenzie saying to me once when he bowled a delivery like that, we're nerves as well as the batsman. Steve Harmison. Uh, we know him. We love him. There was a ball uh, in the World Cup game I was commentating the other night, uh, which I think might have just put Harmison in the shade, to, to be honest. Uh, and I know that he would have been the happiest man on the planet when he saw it delivered. It was uh, bowled at the feet of the bowler and then went out onto about the third pitch next to the, the pitch that was being played on. And we automatically, straight away, we Darren Berry and I, Dan Lipke, referenced Steve Harmison. That's his place, unfortunately, despite his great test record. That's his place in cricket folklore now is whenever somebody bowls a ball that gets away from them and goes very wide either way, his name comes up instantly. Yeah, and it's, uh, it's, it's probably because it, it was the, the, the first match. And this was, in my lifetime, I think, the, the single most anticipated test series. Australia had lost the Ashes in 2005 and Harmison had set the standard in that series as a bowler. Yes. He'd been the one who'd uh, capped uh, Ricky Ponting. Uh, cut Ricky Ponting's cheekbone with a, a very good short ball. Uh, so he set the tone in that series, and everybody, you know, Australia went on to lose that series. And so the anticipation before the 2006-07 Ashes was, was absolutely immense. And uh, for Harmison to come in and deliver that ball, and sadly for England, uh, <laughs> luckily for Australia, set the tone for this series as well. Uh, that, that was one of the great uh, cricketing comedy moments as well, uh, the, the Steve Harmison wide. The... Um... 
the, the look on the face of Andrew Flintoff, the captain, <laughs> when he accepted the ball into his hands. And I love how you've written this. Flintoff took the wayward delivery with the confident air of a car wash attendant being tossed the keys to a four-wheel drive that's never set a wheel outside the city limits. <laughs> that's very good, mate. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah, uh, yeah. I mean, uh, Flintoff was, was trying to be very cool about it. Uh, and and to, to be fair, he did well to take it. I, 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 he obviously wasn't expecting the ball to come into his hands uh, directly from the bowler. So, uh, but, yeah, he, he was trying to be cool. It, it didn't last too long for Quarrel in that series. But, uh, yeah, he, he did his best to put a brave face on it. Uh, absolutely. Uh, it made it to, It's a fantastic read. I really enjoyed being able to go through it today. Uh, Dan Lipke is the author of 50 Great Moments in Australian Cricket. We've only just scratched the surface. There's so much good stuff in there. Um, you know, where were you when John Dyson took that outfield catch? Elise Perry celebrating an Ashes double century, not once but twice because what she thought was a six ended up being a four and had to wait till the next over to get it properly. And, uh, and as you write so brilliantly, was a little more subjective and a little bit sheepish in the celebrations. But what a moment that was, Adam. Gilchrist walking in the World Cup semi. Dennis Lilly and Jarvid Meandad. Peter Siddle's birthday hat-trick. The list goes on, mate. It's, you've, you've, I, I can't think of one that you've missed. Congratulations on the book. It's, it's a fantastic read, and I, and I hope it's a fantastic seller for you as well. Great. Thank you very much. Dan Lipke, 50 great moments in Australian cricket. And it's been done, as we've said a few times, in a way that doesn't make it a countdown. He's, he's set up categories, the skills of cricket. So we talked about Shane Warne bowling Mike Gadding, the ball of the century. But there's a story about Charles Bannerman, who, if you don't know that name, have a look at it because he, the the, he still holds the oldest record in test cricket. Um, and it's a bit controversial, too, because some of the moments in there involved Australia, but they weren't necessarily great for Australia. So Ben Stokes, the Headingley Test, uh, Sandpaper Gate is mentioned, uh, and there's a chapter dedicated to that in the laws of cricket. So the laws of cricket talk about uh, Shane Watson uh, reviewing, <laughs> um, Jonty Rhodes crashing through the stumps, Herschel Gibbs dropping uh, the World Cup, Daryl Hare no-balling, Muraliterant. Um, the spirit of cricket, Adam Gilchrist is in that part of it. Dennis Lilly and Java Meandad we spoke about. Ben Stokes obstructing the field. The man cad gets a run. The evolution of cricket, Michael Bevan's in that. Alyssa Healy, uh, who we just spoke, uh, Alyssa Healy in that one as well. Uh, Glenn Maxwell, Kerry Packer in the coloured clothing. That's all part of the evolution. The first reverse sweep. Uh, and Marnus Labuschagne replacing Steve Smith. There's a heap more in these two. I'm just reading out some of the, the headlines that come under these categories. The tactics of cricket, Monty Panesar changing his gloves, Brian McMillan needing 22 off a ball, Kim Hughes resigning, Alan Border of the second declaration, Richie Benno. Um, there's a heap in that as well. And the numbers of cricket's really fascinating if you get into that, the analytics of it. Don Bradman, the duck and what that meant. Um, Mark Taylor, the Sir Frank Wild Trophy. Brian Lara's 375. Sir Garfield Sobers, the six sixes in and over. Uh, and there's a heap more in it as well. That's a great read. Uh, get yourself around that. For logbook servicing you can rely on, you need to make the right choice. You need trained professionals who are fully qualified to service your car according to manufacturer's specifications. For real peace of mind and a nationwide warranty, book in or book online at repcoservice.com.